We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to another Sports Talk Saturday here. Derek Kramer, Evan Deepensquale on the board here. That's right, you're still just suffering with just me on the microphone today. Anyway... Big thing here, of course, is, you know, Bills on the bye week, somehow still taking an L. And, uh, yeah, no, this has been dreadful. And then the Sabres can't put two wins together. This is just, oh, why do we do this job again? It's because we like it. We like it. We like to torment ourselves sometimes, even as fans. We all like to torment each other. But we're going to go back to the Sabres here. We're going to try to get some sense into everything because... We talked to one of my favorite people, one of my favorite guests, especially for the show here for your Sports Talk Saturday. We've got Anthony with Expected Buffalo joining us now on the West Her Hotline. Anthony, it's Derek. The Sabres, hey, at least the good news is they're 9-3 and three when they come off of a loss. Yeah, that's a positive, right? Hey, man. Then 1-7-2 and two coming off of a win. That, that is problematic yes and we're gonna just start right there um they can't string wins together like literally for the life of them they only did it once and even then um every chart and deserve to win meter had them like how did you win this game so anthony the consistency issues with this team i want to chalk it up to it's the youngest team in the league again but there's a lot of familiar faces yeah, there are, right? And I think the crux of what you're seeing right now, and I wrote about it a, a month ago or so at the beginning of the season. So it seems like, to me, the Sabres are trying to, let's say, situate themselves to play a more sustainable brand of hockey, right? Last year's run-and-gun style was a blast, and they almost got themselves into the playoffs, and it was entertaining. It was probably the most fun Sabres fans have had watching the team in probably the better part of a decade. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a blast. And, 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 you know, people bring up the point of, you know, well, that's not going to work once you get to the playoffs. And, and, okay, fair enough, right? So compartmentalizing that, let's look at what Granado kind of did in the beginning. You saw this heavy focus on the defensive game, and it was at the complete and utter expense of their offensive production that fans had become so accustomed to. So now you are seeing a team that's trying to find a middle ground where you'll watch a game and they go back to, man, they can't execute a breakout pass and their transition game is stuck in the mud in the neutral zone and all these things, they just can't put anything together. And then you'll go to a game like St. Louis, which granted they, they didn't get the they didn't get the goaltending they needed that night, but they played an outstanding offensive game and, and if you look at the expected goals, I mean I think it was four to two ish, right? 
So they, they dominated the Blues in, in every way except, you know, they had some defensive breakdowns, which not all the goals against were UPL's fault. But it, it looked like the Sabres of last year, right, a little bit more, where you're just going, going back and forth. The Toronto game is a great example, too. 6-4 to game, and, yeah, you gave up some chances defensively, but your offense was just unstoppable. So then you'll get games like New Jersey, where you're trying to lock down New Jersey, and, oh, wait, they're way better than you at that, so they're just going to crush you. So first couple games of the year, another great example of just not playing your game, right? So I'm pretty sure right now what we're seeing is this kind of Jekyll Hyde of trying to find a middle ground between the run and gun that made them so successful last year, right? Transition heavy focus, not so much worried about um, back checking, which is a silly thing to say, but it's true. Uh, versus, you know, Eric Johnson's sentiment of you're not going to go anywhere if your defensive game is not your top priority. So I guess finding that balance, being a young team, is kind of where these growing pains and this kind of Jekyll Hyde nature is is originating. And that is the uh, the crux of all of this. I mean, you and I both saw this. Plenty of people uh, on Twitter saw it yesterday. The, uh, the offensive and defensive stats um, brought up by Megan Cheka. Um, the charts mm. from last year to this year, and it is unfortunate to look at. The well has dried up when it comes to the Sabres offense. They're tied for 22nd in goals per game. They were third last year. Shooting percentage, they're more in the middle ground right now. They were fifth in the league. They were finishing a lot more on chances. Um, but also, they're generating less scoring chances, and that is one of the biggest problems, especially coming in from the slot. I, again, like you just said, it's this middle ground that they're trying to find because defensively is the thing that they're trying to sacrifice for. And they've got some of those numbers, but uh, when it comes to expected goals against per game, um, the rank isn't that much different, but the uh, the number's a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, scoring is up this year. That's, that's part of it. But, you know, you, you've got different... Let's go. Let's talk about the goaltending because I think it all relate. It'll tie back into this. So, you have different goalie prototypes, right? And a lot of young goalies, you do see that their success more directly, let's say, ebbs and flows with the team's defensive acumen in front of them. UPL is a perfect example, right? In the games where the Sabers' defense looks decent, UPL looks fantastic. All of his best games. I mean, I think. I would give him one steal of a game, meaning his defense looked horrible, but he was great regardless this season. For the most part, though, if the Sabres' defense is letting up chances, dangerous chances, I should say, UPL struggles, whereas if they're tying things down, even at like a, a baseline level, he can function and, and very well. So that's part of it, right? And I think that's part of the focus they're putting on defense, saying, look, we have two really young net miners in, in, in Levi and UPL, who congrats to Levi for winning his first AHL contest last night. There we go. And you've got a guy who's inconsistent and, and kind of injury prone, Eric Comrie. So let's tie up this defense and see if we can't kind of reverse engineer good goalie results. Uh, but I don't think they ever anticipated the degree to which it would require them to sacrifice offense, at least the way they're approaching it. I'm not saying that's a rule. Uh, or, or how it has to be moving forward. But I think the good news that everyone can probably, you know, take take home here is that the, it seems they're recognizing it, right? Because if they weren't, you'd see them just kind of double down every game trying to lock things down defensively. And you see that's not the case. And it seems like they're just kind of testing, all right, let's try it this way, let's try this, and try to find a middle ground here between 
a team that's not hanging their goalies out to dry, and also a team that can score some goals. And maybe, you know, they're not going to win games six to five like last year. But, the, you know, again, they're just trying to pursue balance. And like you said, it's a young team, and, and your older guys are really old. It's not like you've got, you know, vet- a lot of veterans in their mid, late 20s or early 30s. I mean, your, your veteran guys are, are guys at the end of their run here. So that's another part of it where – you've got aging curves that aren't helping you so much in your, in terms of depth. Um, and then your, your marquee guys, your cornerstone guys are all very young and they've had injuries too. I mean, Jack Quinn was probably their second to third most efficient forward last year. And he hasn't played a game yet. Obviously Tage Thompson is their best player, maybe on the team. Uh, and he's hurt and he had a little bit of a slow start on top of it. You know, you've got Dylan Cousins, who's who's having a little bit of a slow start, who I'm not worried about. But, again, it's just all that scoring impact, the depth scoring they had last year because it was born out of the system is not there. And so all the little issues have just kind of snowballed where, like you said, they're not getting opportunities from the slot with a great degree of frequency. They're not finishing like they did, and those two things obviously tie together. And so it's just all these little microcosms that are, are snowballing into a greater issue. But Again, like I said, it does seem like they're testing the waters on new things every game, which does which kind of exacerbates the Jekyll and Hyde kind of aura around them. But I do believe it's born out of trying to find a solution. Uh, born out of trying to find a solution, but also, you know, we frequently have seen this team go 11-7, and seven, and I'm glad to see that it looks like things are kind of kind of steady up now. You know, they send Devin Levi down to the AHL. He gets that first win, as you'd made mention of. Uh, by the way, 40 saves on 42 shots and uh, 4 for 4 on stops in the shootout, by the way. So he had himself a, a mm-hmm. wild ride in Rochester last night. But, um, again, the point being, though, like, there was also not a lot of consistency with your forward groups. Um, one of the more consistent things, though, that you're seeing from this team, I just love talking about him, and I love making other people talk about him. Uh, the emergence of J.J. Paterka and how Mm -hmm. he has lit up the score sheet and become one of the most consistent players on this team this year. Yeah, the crazy thing is, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he and Zach Benson have been the Sabres' best forwards so far this year. I really don't think that's a stretch of the imagination. I mean, J.J. Paterka, he was a very popular choice and and also my choice for for a breakout campaign, uh, which he, he seemed to be almost the obvious answer, but he's living up to that hype, man. And and you look every game, I, I think I can maybe pick a couple where one of Benson and Paterka weren't the best forward on the ice that night uh, for the Sabres. So he's doing a great job. He's developing pretty, you know, similar trajectory to how guys like, you know, Cousins is, is a great example. And uh, Quinn last year, they're, they're all coming along at that same rate, it seems. So I'm not worried at all about the Sabres' future core. Your guys like Paterka, Benson, if they do a good job of retaining him, even Middlestat, right? Thompson, Darlene, Power. I mean, this core is set up for a good long time. What's hurting them right now is their depth, number one. And like I've alluded to during this whole conversation, they're still trying to find an identity here. And I'm of the mind that you should probably gravitate toward what you did last season because you got so close. And look, this is a team with a 12-year playoff drought. Mm -hmm. And while I think only Gergensons and Oposo are are guys currently on the team who have been here for, let's say, more than half of it, everyone on the team wears that drought, right? 
yeah. you've got a team of young guys who, who you know, it, it, it probably wears on them to a greater degree, right, who are trying so desperately to be the guys who break this drought and re-engage this fan base. And that's a lot of pressure. And I don't feel that throwing such a grenade at a system that worked so well last year to get you that close is maybe the answer. I would think maybe you try to break that drought and then worry about how you're going to survive long-term in the playoffs. It seems a little bit to me that the diversification of approach is kind of at the expense of contention right now, number one, but but also putting the cart way before the horse. It's like, look, yeah, we know. Run-and-gun teams with smaller forwards who don't play a physical game, they don't tend to last long in the postseason. We know that. Look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's been their whole thing forever. <laughs> but also, can we can we get there? Can we get this monkey off of these kids' backs and and give them this this degree of confidence moving forward? Like, look, we broke the drought. We're the team that did that. We're going to continue to improve, but that pressure is now off. And again, I do think they're they're kind of realizing a little bit because you are slowly seeing them gravitate back toward that approach. You mentioned Toronto, and um, I kind of want to pick your brain on this one. Uh, like, yeah. Get there, get through, break through the wall. And that was like Toronto's biggest problem up until last year. They finally broke through. And then, of course, they unceremoniously get thrown out of the playoffs by Florida. But the big thing is, is they finally broke through. And this is different. Toronto has heavy expectations, heavier than just making the playoffs. This is exactly the expectation we should want for this team is to just make it there. We're not expecting a deep cup run. There's no external pressures coming to this team of, you know, you got to get yourself to the second round. You got to get yourself to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, no, this is a team that we know should be on the upswing, and what you should be aiming for is exactly the wall that we need to break. All we're just asking is break the wall down, and anything else from there is a bonus. And like the you expectations said, are yeah. so reasonable. I mean, you're talking about a league where literally, literally half of the teams make the playoffs. It's it's not it's not a heavy lift. To contend, you just have to be better than half the league, which is not a big ask. Yeah, and and yet, twelve years now, and it's twelve years. Different styles, different ways of it happening, different frustrations, and this one is a different one of where we saw such promise, such excitement, and I think that it might have been the worst thing ever for that running gun team last year to have followed up from a coach that I will not name. Uh, mm. So, of course, like, you know, we had the most boring hockey in the world years prior to it, and then we've got this running gun team that just puts pucks into the net and their own net. But, yeah, now it's just looking like a little bit more of a, a different kind of suffering, you know, one with expectation mm. that's, you know, you, you kind of want them to get there, you want them to break through, but they're just not – out of the mud that they put themselves into. Somebody said it was like Bilesma's second season as yes. a comparison, and that felt so correct to me. Yeah, because like where it's Eichel's third, it was his what second or third year, right? Yep. And you got something resembling a core with O'Reilly, Eichel. I think Evander Kane was still here, but you know Murray's core, which wasn't great, but you know existed. There was still hope and promise around Ristolainen because he was pretty young. Uh, and then, oof, they just eighty. What was it? Consecutive eighty-one point seasons. Yep. Just falling short. It, it it does feel like that. Where that was kind of the last time it felt like there were expectations, like real ones. And now there's maybe greater ones because, like we've said, 
said, the drought has extended all that much more. So, um, yeah, it's tough. And like I said, I, I worry that it's it's wearing on this group of young guys and maybe we should just be worried about getting them there and not what's going to happen to them once they're there. Anthony Scandro of Expected Buffalo on the West Her Hotline here. Anthony, of course, we have to talk about it. Um, of course, it comes on comes after the game where he gives up six goals, but the emergence of someone claiming the net. And it wasn't the player we all expected heading into the season in Uko Pekalukinen. Um Kind of taking the reins on this one and uh, being the best goaltender that this team has had this season. Yeah, he has been. Uh, I have to be careful here because I'm actually working on a, <laughs> a, a goalie research article for Expected Buffalo that's going to be out next week. So I don't want to spoil too much from that. Um, but I guess as a baseline, I'll say goalies are weird, man. Yes. They're weird people. It's really challenging to find any kind of correlation in goalie numbers. And in the research I'm doing, I, I, I'm the, the attempt, right? The idea is to find correlative factors, right? The degree to which team defense actually matters to toward GSAX, right? Which for those who don't know is goals saved above expectation, which is an area that UPL has done very well so far this year and very poorly historically before that. And, you know, it's weighing things of that nature. It's weighing defensive consistency where guys who are kind of snip snapping between playing behind or yeah, behind good defenses and bad ones, how is that impacting their development, their trajectory and, and things of that nature. And I'm finding that it's pretty easy to, not easy, but it's, it's, there seems to be a way to identify goalies who are more defensively reliant, let's say in their performance and, I feel, and this is a comp- comparison I'm going to make in the article, so I'm going to spoil a piece of it because I can't help myself. Ooh. But I, I feel that um, Jordan Bennington is actually a really good example of the type of goalie you would want or, or, or kind of an optimistic view of what UPL could become. Because mm-hmm. if you look at Jordan Bennington's history based on my research, it, it, he seems to be a very defense-reliant goalie. However... He's extremely consistent, regardless of how his defense performs, which, granted, he's played in front of some very good defenses. He is steady, and then he's played in front of really bad ones, and he's steady. So what that means is the GSAX metric is is doing a good job of adjusting. But if you just look at his baseline, he does ebb and flow with his defense, which is interesting, and, and I feel UPL is – just from watching him and understanding his best games have come when the Sabres look good defensively, he may be that same prototype. Now, granted, he's got developing left to do. He hasn't hit his prime like Bennington has, and he also seems to be a really nice guy, which can't say the same for Jordan <laughs> Bennington. So, so I'm not saying they're, they're comparable in any other way than they seem to be one of the goalies who, again, in my research, seems to ebb and flow with their defense a little more directly than – Another you know, good example is Marc-Andre Fleury, who has actually played in front of, I think, the second most consistently good defenses over the last four years in, in the sample I pulled, yet he is one of the most inconsistent year-over-year GSAX players. So he's really in business for himself. It doesn't matter what his defense is doing. He's just a wild card. He's a roll of the dice, and you get what you get where – there are other guys who are more directly correlative with how their team plays defense. And I feel that UPL may be one of those guys. Maybe. I'm 
excited for that article because you've been you know teasing about that on social media for uh, for a little bit of time now so uh, i'm very excited to it's see been the research. a lot of tedious work and it's not it's <laughs> you know it's not that I'm, I'm i'm trying to build up hype it's that i'm still trying to finish compiling all of the data which has taken well, me an absurd amount of time but allow me i will be your hype man I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because, like you just said, though, and I wish Frank was the one sitting next to me here today because uh, that would be a great way for me to just stare directly at him um, when you said <laughs> goalies are weird. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. And um, I know. I'm sitting next to him. I know. I'm sitting next to him. And he, he makes me afraid for my life sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I love Frank. He's one of my, he's one of my of closest course. friends. But, um, but he also knows how to push my buttons, so mm. which is what goalies and friends do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, are you ready for some uh, some fun trivia, Anthony? That I've I've decided uh, to look yeah. up. Um, the I last am, time, I love trivia. I'm probably going to do terribly at it, but I, I I'd love to. The last time that the Buffalo Sabers got a win in Carolina, the date was March 22nd of 2016. You mentioned the Dan Bilesman years. Here we are. That was one of them. Yeah, that was one of them, and. Um, the lineup that the Buffalo Sabres had for uh, for their last win in Carolina, which is who they will play tonight. You'll be able to hear that, of course, here on WGR. Oh man, um, could you could you get a guess of uh, of the of the top line in this one in Carolina? The Sabres top line. The Sabres top line. Boy. 2016. I'm not. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to try and do this completely <laughs> from my brain here. Evander Kane, Jack Eichel, Jamie McGinn. Okay, so I was so, going. Uh, I can tell I got zero of the three. No, you got one of the Just three. By, I got one. Eichel, got, the easy one. No, Eichel was actually no. uh, on the second line with Reinhardt and Semgis Gergensens. By the way. Oh. Boy, yeah, okay. Let, let's make my brain explode. Um, Kane was mm. up with O'Reilly, and it was um, top line winger Nick Delorier. Why do we do this? Wow, <laughs> Delorier with O'Reilly. Oh, well, I see why that team got eighty-one points now, despite their talent. Um, poor <laughs> optimization. <laughs> yes, uh, the second line was Eichel, Reinhardt, and Gergensen's. Um, Better, I- but still weird. Everyone's everyone's favorite uh, underutilized center on line three. That was Johan Larson. Johan, yeah, okay. Yep. I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic. Oh no, no, no! That was actually being for real. Um, gotcha. You should probably be able to figure out who the first pair defensemen were. Uh, yeah, that had to be Ristolainen, and I'm I'm gonna guess McCabe. McCabe was with Bogosian. Risto oh. had top pair defenseman Josh Gandela? Georges. Oh, Josh Georges! I feel so dumb. <laughs> yes, Gandela came later. Bro, I, uh, watching like that game, for not remembering that. Watching this team with top line Josh Georges, we all feel dumb. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, pretty good. Yeah, Larson was with Felino and Gianta. Um, fourth that's line, a really good line. Yeah, it's actually a really like good third line. line. A lot. Even yeah. in tw- like in 2016, that's a great third line. Even in 2016, that's a fantastic third. It's better than your first one. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Delorier, first line. Nick Delorier. Why do we yeah, do this? I don't know. <laughs> the starting goaltender that day? Hang on. The starting Chad Johnson? Chad Johnson. Yes. Nailed it. Mr. Ocho Cinco the, himself. Because you wouldn't have asked if it was Leonard, and I was like, I'm pretty sure Johnson was the backup that year. Yep. 
So nice. that there it is. Um, your other defensemen were Mark Pesic, Carlo Koliakovo. Remember that's a remember that guy. Um, oh yeah. And then fourth line Cal O'Reilly, David Legwand, Matt Molson. Oh boy, Legwand. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was, was an uh, interesting acquisition. That's the last win in Carolina. So of course the Sabers give up six goals in a game that they probably should have won. And uh, what's their next game? Oh, you get to play in Carolina, a place you haven't won in since 2016. Thanks. You know what's funny though, Kevin, uh, who who a lot of you guys follow on Twitter as well, he's a friend of mine, and and he uh, he said something like they're going to get outshot 42 to 15 <laughs> in Carolina, but win two to one somehow. You know what? I'll take any win against Carolina. Take it. Well, that's just how the Sabres have looked this year, right? Like, they have a run-and-gun game where they lose a game they should have won because they just didn't get saves or they didn't, you know, score at a high enough rate. And they always follow it up with, like, this weird defensive struggle against a really good team, and, oh, wow, you won. Like, strange. Uh, so I, I, I could see that happening, just getting pummeled in shots, and the deserved win meter will explode, but somehow they win. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that's how this team has been this year. Uh, but the uh, like I said, the good news they have a good tendency to respond. They're nine and three when it comes to uh, games following a loss this season. And um, hey, you could take the optimism however you can at this point. So because there's not a lot of it to go around. So there's give not it a, a shot. Lot. Dude, there's not dude, a lot. Dude, of listen, it. pull it from the ethers, man. Yes, do what you got to do to get yourself hyped up. Have to because I mean the Bills are driving me insane personally. Plenty of others as well, and they made us miserable during the bye week somehow. So you know, drag the I'm dragging the optimism, kicking and screaming back into the room because we need it. We need it. We need it. Anthony, thank you as always. You know what to do from here. It's time to let them good people know if they're hiding under a rock, uh, where to find all of your work. Yeah, no worries. So we're at expectedbuffalo.com, and uh, my personal Twitter is xbuffaloanth, A-N-T-H. And I did this last time, Derek, and I never learned my lesson. <laughs> and I have to find out. I'm pulling up Twitter right now because I don't remember the Expected Buffalo actual handle. Okay. And it's very simple. So our Twitter at Expected Buffalo is at Expected Buffalo, exactly as it's spelled. There Something I should definitely have committed to memory by now, but for some reason don't. And also, you can listen to us on the Expected Buffalo podcast, myself and Chad. We do that every week. And I don't know. I think we have a good time. I think people enjoy listening to us because it's hockey stuff followed by 20 minutes of nonsense to close the show because neither of us know how to wrap it up. And I think it's just like one of those weird situations like when you're in high school, like, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. And it just doesn't. <laughs> nobody does. And the episode is 120 minutes long and nobody knows why. But, you know, hey, we have a blast. Give us a shot if you'd like. It's cool if not. Whatever. Look, uh, people that listen to this show, um, they've either liked it or stopped listening by now since I've taken over. Uh, When you get a mix of sports and nonsense, yes, you're in the Mm -hmm. right place. So, absolutely. If that's your your niche, man, come find us. We are a healthy dose of both. Yes, I'll say it. Personal testimony. I listen to them when I'm working at my other job. Like, they don't need to know, and I just said it to the public. (laughs) So, hope my bosses aren't listening. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) anyway anthony thank you as always hopefully we get a sabers win in carolina tonight and um let's see how they can continue to respond let's see what else they can get going here and um fingers crossed 
Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on, Derek. And uh, go Sabres, go Bills. Go Sabres, go Bills. That's Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo joining us on the West Her Hotline. We'll take a timeout. And when we come back, it's back to your turn. 803-0550, 1-888-552-550. Bills at the bye week. Sabres taking on Carolina tonight. It's all on the table here on the radio home of the Bills and the Sabres, WGR Sports Radio 550. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.